this show will have explicit language. Music is awesome. It's unique because it releases in our brain something called dopamine. Now, this is the chemical associated with pleasure and reward. This neurochemical response creates a positive emotional state, making us feel uplifted. It can motivate us. It can move us to tears. It's very similar to the pleasure we receive when we eat a lot of carbs, that delicious foods, such as cheesecake and, 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 and brownies, or engaging in other pleasurable activities, right? We release this chemical called dopamine. And now it seems that we're finding out that can also evoke hatred and also invoke anger. Welcome to Cross the Capitol, episode 14. And I'm your host, Mr. Archer J. Pruitt. Like, subscribe, and share this show right now. Cross at the Capitol is the bridge between policy and prayer. We people of faith are being called to adjust our mindsets to meet the unique challenges of the moment. Our podcast question today is how to deal with accusations of racism when there is no racism. Let me go to the verse, Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. It's known as the Sermon on the Mount, and this section is on judging others. Verse 1, do not judge so that you will not be judged. For in the way you judge, you will be judged. By your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, and behold, there's a speck in yours. You hypocrite, first take the log out of your eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Jason Aldean, is that his name? Jason Aldean wrote a song called Try It in a Small Town. Country music television, CMT, pulled the video under the guise that it was Racist. It had been labeled by some powers that be uh, as racist. It's too offensive for America, and we shouldn't tolerate it. If you haven't heard the song, let's just do a little quick clip. Just a little clip. Woo. And there's imagery from the Black Lives Matter protests going on here. Some powerful imagery going on. Mm. Now, the reason why they they have leveled the accusation is because in the video, they extracted imagery and scenery from a Black Lives Matter protest. Now, by the way, if you watch the whole video, I think I might have saw a flash of a black person's back or maybe hand. It, it seems like they were very, very intentional in making sure they don't show uh, black folks in the video. But it's clearly the Black Lives uh, Matter protests. It's, it appears to be mostly those of Caucasian uh, descent. But ne- nevertheless, the accusation has been leveled. So I want you to hear Harris Faulkner now. Uh, she's a black host on Fox News, for those of you that don't know who, uh, who she is, because many of us have abandoned Fox News. Now, she's deploying a classic tactic in combating trying to refute the argument. Now, take a listen to her classic uh, tactic. 
my whole thing is that, you know, there are a lot of songs out there with lyrics that are extremely offensive. Things that rhyme with trigger. All sorts of things. <laughs> Let the market decide. You know, CMT, they can do what they want. I mean, they've got the awards, they've got the chance. Let them do what they want. But when it comes to letting the American public hear the song mm. and see the video, the I, I'm just decide. wondering, where are we going with that? And are we going to take a look at other genres of music to see what's offensive? I don't know if let the market decide is the best argument. I want to talk about the nature and the core of her argument. But this whole let the market decide is, you know, the market's decided to kill babies. Do we, do we like that? The, the whole let the market decide, I think, has been the default reaction of Republicans, even conservative Republicans, sometimes the market's decided and, you know, the proliferation of pot is bad for the country, but the market decided. So Charlie Kirk, if you don't know him, he's the president and CEO. I've met him a few times, chairman of Turning Point USA. Uh, he, he did the same thing on Twitter. He posted the lyrics of a popular song from about one or two years ago, I believe, called WAP, uh, Wet Ass Pussy is the title of that song. And he posted that song side by side with the lyrics from Jason Aldean's song. Let me, let me just play, like I said, this is an explicit show today. I want to play you just a brief clip of WAP. Uh, and I apologize, but uh, it's a popular song. But you need to hear it, right? We play the other one. I want you to hear this popular song. Just, 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 a, just a few seconds of WAP. Beat it up, nigga, catch a charge. Extra large and extra hard. Put this pussy right in your face. Swipe your nose like a credit card. Hop on top. I want to ride. I do a kegel. What is inside? Spit in my mouth. Look in my eyes. This pussy is wet. Come to mm. the Sign me up. The video is... Actually, the video is... I, I never really... I've heard the song, obviously. I mean, I listen to hip-hop music. I go to venues that play it. Uh, but the... Yes, I do. It's not... Shouldn't be surprising. Right? Anyway, the video is actually really well done. I'm actually surprised. <laughs> anyway, um, so Charlie Kirk posts these lyrics side by side in a, in a post on Twitter so you can see them. Uh, uh, Jason Aldean's lyrics, around here we take care of our own. You cross that line and won't take long for you to find out. I recommend you don't try that in a small time. And then you've got the lyrics from the WAP song, Let's Role Play, I Wear a Disguise. I want you to park that Big Mac truck right in this little garage. Make it cream, make me scream out in public, make a scene. I don't cook, I don't clean. But let me tell you, I got this uh, ring. She doesn't click or clean. That's a topic. <laughs> let me die because y'all try to get me in trouble. Now, this tactic that Faulkner used and Charlie Kirk used is a comparison tactic. Now, I don't, we use this tactic incorrect. The question is, remember, the question today is, <clears throat> How to deal with accusations of racism when there is no racism. And whenever the left points and goes, that's racist, we then point up something and bring up something dastardly uh, and say, well, you know, you didn't say anything about this, and, and, and what about this? That tactic is foolhardy, right? Tactics like this may make us feel better. The comparison whataboutism tactic may make us feel better, but it doesn't really advance our argument. These tactics don't convince anyone that there is no racism. They don't leave anyone with the necessary tools, the necessary tools to push back against someone who argues that pale folks are full of racism 24 7, 365. Now, you may say uh, to me, Autry, that's not the point. Uh, maybe they don't want to convince anyone. Maybe their, their point isn't 
to try to convince someone on the other side. They're just telling us information, telling us their thoughts. But I want to ask you, well, what is the point? We've got enough opinions. What is the point of Twitter on the conservative side, Fox News, or any of the conservative messaging if it isn't to draw someone over to the side to get people to vote right? Supposedly, everybody's running around on our side saying we want to save our country. Everybody's running around on our side saying we want to help our people. We, 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 ultimately, it seems like we want people to vote as if they got some damn sense. So what's the point of just verbalizing a little, little op-ed with verbal diarrhea? It seems to me a lot of times that us conservatives are satisfied with preaching to the choir, with boasting each other up, when we need to be out both in the virtual sense, in the physical sense, digitally, uh, hardwise email. We need to be out trying to pull people to our side, and the comparison argument doesn't work. We're more concerned about winning an argument in the eyes of the crowd and the choir behind us than we are in bringing people over to the fold. So I do have an issue with individuals who solely seem to do this for entertainment purposes, to get a like, to get a wink, to get a nod. And we on our side, by the way, uh, of the table have a big problem especially when it comes to hot-button topics like racism. Because lately, it appears time and time and time again, we're doing things solely for the entertainment value and not the substantive value. Now, Rush Limbaugh was one of the best conservative, not the best radio hosts in the 20th and 21st centuries. It really was. And I, I, you got to remember Rush Limbaugh, for those of you that, young, that younger, look him up, look, Google him. But um, think about how many people over the years he was able to bring to our side of the table. Rush had mastered the art of addressing an issue and then adding the entertainment value, being convincing and adding the entertainment value. He had mastered that issue, that, that method, excuse me. Substance for Rush came first, then came entertainment. But in today's no-taste, social media, booty-popping landscape full of fakes and bakes, we seem to have valued form over substance. We seem to value the image over the reality. And that can lead to problems and can illustrate the problems, especially when you're making the comparison argument. You say the quick, pithy thing. You say the thing that gets the likes. You say the thing that everybody goes, oh, yeah, she's smart. Oh, yeah, he's got it. Oh, oh, oh. he made a good point. And you feel good in your heart. It, it's tantalizing to the senses. But it doesn't really do anything to advance the cause of trying to correct the country. The problem with this type of comparison argument, if you don't know how to make it, you don't make it right, is you're avoiding addressing the true issue. You're pointing out, well, well others do it. He did it. He did it, too. What about this guy? But you never really address the core issue, is it racist? If you're trying to convince someone to come to your side, you can't do it by avoiding their core topic. And when it comes to racism in the country, we don't want to, and when I say we, let me be clear, conservatives, don't want to address the core issue. Let me give you a great example of this. And it was one of the most disgusting examples that has been displayed during the Black Lives Matter protest. Individuals were coming out saying cops are killing black people. Look who's been shot in our neighborhood. 
and it was an illegal shooting. It was an unjustified execution, and there was a better way to handle it, and cops are doing this all the time. Now, the truth of the matter being aside, we know that wasn't happening, but I'm just saying that was the argument. Now, the response from the right was, oh, well, look how many black people kill black people. In other words, it was, well, what about the blacks killing the blacks? It wasn't about the core of their argument. If you want to move somebody to your side, you can't do that by saying, well, here's another issue that's more important. Look over here. They told you what their issue is. If someone is debating with you, if they're arguing with you and you're trying to persuade them, you have to deal with their issue. Trying to move them and say, well, what about here over here? Okay, that's fine. Let's talk about that later. But it doesn't address the core argument. Are the cops racist? So same thing here. The core argument is Jason Aldean's song is racist. And everybody's running around on, on conservative Twitter and, and Facebook and Instagram saying, well, what about these lyrics from this rap song and blah, blah, blah. Well, you're not addressing the issue. Is the song racist? And there's several ways you can do that, by the way. You have to first start and define what is racism. Now, the argument they're going to make is that it's a subtlety of racism, that it's a dog whistle. Well, address the argument. The comparison tactic can be an effective tactic in concert with other tactics, but on its own, it rarely holds water. It's sort of akin to the saying, do two wrongs ever make a right? We have to learn how to address the main issue and not the side issue. Sometimes the side issue can advance the argument better, but it's not the main issue. Here, again, the main issue is racism. This is a song which is racist, and it's racist because of the imagery associated with the song. We oftentimes will not address the core issue is because, one, we've never thought about it. Two, we don't know how to address that central issue. Three, maybe we believe they're correct and we're trying to deflect it. Or you believe that the leveler of the issue is just making a problem. In other words, they're being disingenuous. They're not sincere. They lack genuineness in their issue. And by the way, most of the time, particularly with this topic, I think Harris Faulkner did it. Uh, I think that's what Charlie Kirk was doing. Most of the time, these individuals who make the comparison argument, that's the core of their argument. They're saying, listen, you don't give a crap about this. This is nothing but a, a, a bunch of a virtual signaling. It's nothing but to make your buddies feel better. And the reason why I know this is because you didn't complain about this song when this came out. There's a problem with that kind of argument because it's, it, well, the problem is that it's hard to make. I want you to think about that. The problem is that argument is extraordinarily hard to make because you are taking a person's feelings and saying they're not true and they're not genuine. But if that's the argument you make, then you need to develop out that argument so, and actually make it. So I think Charlie Kirk and Harris Faulkner, like I was saying, this was the argument they were making. Come on, you don't really believe that. You're butthurt. You're saying you're butthurt, but you're not really butthurt. Because if you were butthurt, about that, then why aren't you butthurt, supposedly on the left, about misogyny and women, right? So what's the background? What's the context of the argument? The context of the argument is, okay, the left, they care about black people. They care about women uh, more than Republicans. They care about all these different identity groups, LGBTQI plus A, et cetera, right? So, uh, but now a, a, a guy comes out defending what it's like to be in a small town and uh, standing up for cops, and now you got a problem with all this other crap you don't have a problem with. Well, we need to state that if that's the argument. 
And if that's the argument and we're going to invalidate the legitimacy of someone's feelings, then we've got to state it and move on. You have to actually state what you believe and move on. The problem is we have grown up now in a society that says, and, and we conservatives have adopted this, you have the right to feel any way you want to. Oh, you have the right to feel that way. Well, I think it might be worth exploring. Do you really have a right to feel that way? Is that really true? Now, using a specific song also is a problem. And what I'm trying to do is show you how to deal with accusations of racism when there is no racism. And, and right now what I'm saying is the, the tendency to go towards comparison is a bad, bad choice. And if you're going to make a comparison argument, you really got to think through the logic of the argument. So the instinct in, in taking this WAP song and comparison to Aldine's song, one is two different things. One is racism, one is misogyny. And, and one uses different type of imagery versus another. One is self-talking when she's talking about her WAP and what she's willing to do for it. Well, that's her sense. That's herself. Versus the other one is saying, hey, if you come to me and do something, you try that here, buddy, and, and guess what's about to happen to you. So you got to compare like and like. It'd be better to compare that song to another racist song from a black artist, right? You could, you could pick one and, and, and do a comparison like that. So I'm not saying, by the way, either song is racist. I'm just saying if you wanted to do that, you'd try to find a song issued, but you wouldn't have to try. You could probably just throw a rock, but try to find a song that maybe has some feelings or tinge of racism from a black artist and then compare it to the song from Jason Aldean. That would be the better comparison. But there's a, even a better way to do it, right? The, the, the instinct to draw this comparison between a nasty song from a black artist and Jason Aldean's song, the instinct to do that, you should fight that. If you want to convert somebody using the comparison argument, the better way is to do it from the positive perspective. Now, a guy named a little baby, I can't play the clip, he wrote a song about how he felt with dealing with the police. It, it wasn't a racist song. You know, it could maybe feel like you maybe have some tinge there with a couple of throwaway lines that want to make it not racist, but sometimes you can listen to that song and get the gist of, well, maybe he's got a problem with white folk. I don't view the song as racist, by the way. What I'm saying is, if you wanted to make a comparison, instead of beating up the person who is coming at you with the argument saying this song is racist, go to them and say, have you heard Lil Baby's song? And these are the lyrics, you know, and repeat to them whatever the lyrics are. They then will think in their mind, oh, crap, he's about to make a negative person. He's about to do a whataboutism. But you're not going to do a whataboutism. You're going to do an about face. What you're going to say is, Hey, just like Lil Baby made this song, it's not a racist song. It just illustrates his pain. It illustrates what he felt about his community and these cops in the community shooting black people. Jason Aldean made a song. And I stand behind Lil Baby's right to make his song. And I stand around behind Jason's right to make the song. And both artists aren't racist. They're expressing their feelings. Now, we may not agree with their feelings. We may say, listen, that's, that's you know, that, that's crazy. But to label it as racism is insane. Now, look at what you've done. You've pivoted the person. You've begin, you did an about face. And now, instead of approaching them in frustration, instead of approaching them and going, nah, 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 look at what happened to you, now you're approaching them with, hey, I have, can see the sympathy here. I can see the empathy here. So why can't you see the sympathy and empathy in my song, right? This, it, it, this is all key. This, this is what's key. This is what's key. If you go back to that verse, 
that verse in judging is basically saying, you come at me with the negativity and look at your negativity. Well, reverse it. Come at them with positivity. What I'm saying to you is the more effective tactic is not to judge, but to show how you are like-minded with the person that disagrees with you. The best way to deal with an accusation of racism when there is no racism is to draw sympathy, show empathy, so you don't have enemies. If you enjoyed this program, send it to someone you know. My name is Archer J. Pruitt. This has been Cross at the Capitol, episode 14. Please follow me out on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or wherever you may get your podcast. Remember, wisdom is the main thing with all about getting gets and understanding.